you, and I think they're ready for us. You ready? Let's go. All right, let's get it. So what's up, everyone? This is going to be a great episode for a lot of different reasons. Steven's watching the game as well. Um, Chargers Chiefs, so we'll be able to get some updates as the game goes along. Although when we put this out, it will be a little bit later. It'll still be cool to end up having um, in-game commentary, kind of sort of similar to like Payne and Eli do. But we'll end up having that. Um, we do have a lot on tap. But before we get to that part, I just want to always say thank you to everyone that continues to listen and watch the show. Thank you to everyone that does reach out to us and then ask us to do like small different like partnerships. We did work with Beat Thugs and then we did see someone in the other comments end up saying Beat Thug Gang. So we do like to see that. I did do a giveaway with them of $50. So that was something that was cool. Um, just going forward. Something I do want to bring up before we keep going, Steven, just keep everyone updated on what's going to be happening with Quick Slants as we go forward. And what are your thoughts on how you're going to progress with that? Uh, my thoughts. Um, so I thought I was going to, I think I've, I've mentioned this a bunch of times. Um, I mentioned it on the Quick Slants that I thought that I was going to have to generate a lot of content this offseason. Um, but if we're strictly talking college football, the content generates itself. Usually there's always something going on. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> what is that? Well, <laughs> my guy, yo, it is a, you know what? All right, I'll, I'll get to that at the very end. Um, I, I, I know why you're, why you're, why you're drinking champagne. So I'll get to that at the end. Um, but in the world of college football, the content just generates itself. I mean, in the sports world, there's always a new story. Every single day, you can go on ESPN.com and just I can just go through a rundown of all those the stories on the side and have hours of content to talk about. Mm-hmm. So um, once the the bowl game is over, which by the way I'll be there. Uh, I, I mentioned it last week I'll be down there with Jay Hill. Um, once the bowl game is over and we get back from the holidays and you know everyone gets settled back in for the new year, um, we'll start talking about. We'll kind of expand. We'll keep talking about Penn State football because um, that's what it's geared towards. But I'll talk about you know, other things in the college football world, dive into the NFL because it'll kind of be getting close to the playoffs at that point. NBA, NHL, you know, we'll kind of dive into all different sports. Um, but I'm going to put out one more episode before before the holidays next week because, um, mm-hmm. you know, obviously once next week comes around and it gets to this point of the week, it's going to start to get crazy for everybody with families and all that kind of good stuff. So um, I'll put out one more episode before the holidays and then, um, you know, take a little, take a little break, enjoy the family time, enjoy the holidays, enjoy the trip to Tampa and then I'll bounce back, um, you know, early, early January and we'll get rolling again. So another thing I wanted to bring up, cause Steven brought that up. I was talking to Steven before the show and I just want everyone to know that we will start to put out, I would say three to four. I don't want to overpromise three to four videos a week. So what it'll be is we'll have our main one, on Wednesday or Thursday that we end up recording but during the week I will do smaller ones where will be like more of the cryptocurrency news that are out there and then maybe scores so I'll be able to touch on like what happens in like the NFL or even in the NBA and stuff like that but the major news will always be saved for this episode so if you always tune in every single week to see that you'll end up still getting your major news here but it'll be like the minor news that happened 
um, going forward. So that's kind of the big thing that we're looking forward to that. We'll touch more on why that's going to be the case as we get to the end of the show. As always, we're going to start end up telling you the layout in the beginning of the show so you can end up skipping through if you want to. So we're going to start with the fast break in a second, then we'll end up going into the cryptocurrency news. Then we'll swerve over into the sports side and we'll touch on the NFL, NBA, and then we have a couple of quick hitters when it comes to different news and notes um, that are in the NFL and other sports like that, such as Zion Williamson. But what we're going to do is get right into the fast break. And I don't think Steven's seen this one. He might have seen this. But. Dang it. All right. Have you seen this one? I, I have seen that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, someone, so. someone said it was the most chaotic video they've ever seen. <laughs> so. And I truly believe that. Yeah. So I'm not going to set the scene too much because I want everyone out there that wants to watch it to watch it. I think it's easier for everyone to understand everything with the volume off because that just adds to the chaos when you have the volume on, then you see everything that's going on. Um, it's the craziest thing I've seen in a minute, but I'll play it to start. Someone clearly got an accident right here and we'll kind of walk through everything that goes on. So this is what I, I thought the what, whole thing was. I, I think it was in Cleveland. Mm -hmm. I think when I first saw it and you got my guy right there who definitely made a wrong turn. So there definitely could have been another accident right there. So we saw the first accident. Then you see the white truck that's over there clearly doing whatever it wants to do. And then when you get to this point, you're like, all right, you see that. Then you see this rally race car just come out of nowhere. And there's, like, <laughs> there's, there's no way it's street legal, you know, no, like it's not. <laughs> And, and you can and you can only imagine if you haven't seen this video <laughs> you can, if you haven't seen this video you can only imagine what the what the commentary what is Mike what is he doing bro I also want to know how big the person is that's in the car I've always wanted I, to know how big that person is I mean he I mean that that looked like a grown that first of all that is a bad accident it is. Yeah, the like way it happened that, too. And it, it's it's funny because this dude just just creeps in and yes, hits nothing. And he obeys a tra he obeys the traffic laws. He waits for that guy to go and he makes yep. his left turn <laughs> and then he cuts a donut. Yo. And this and like he looks like a grown man. He this, does. That's this. what I was trying to figure out. Like, how big is this person? Um yo, but like everyone's acting like it's normal. Like, this, really like this dude does this, this dude does this every day. Yeah, like you know he does. Like you know he drives down to the, to the store, get his stuff. Like you, like people have seen him in the parking lots and everything. And like they know him. Yes. They know him. That's exactly how it is. So I wanted yeah. to start with that. That was the fast break one. The next thing I wanted to get into is the cryptocurrency side. So a lot of people are saying various different things when it comes to cryptocurrency. Uh, just to go over the prices, we have Bitcoin sitting at a little over 47,000, well, close to 48,000. Ethereum is at 3,900. Continue to pay attention to Ethereum because it was over $4,000 not too long ago. The next one we have is Binance Coin, and Binance will always be up there. Then you have a um, Tether, Solana, US Dollar Coin, Cardano, XRP, Polkadot, and number 10, we have Avalanche. So Avalanche has been doing well. As of recent, they had a big partnership, whereas one of the stable coins ended up going on to Avalanche's blockchain. So that's important. You do see Luna that's there as well. So that's just an overview 
of the top 10. I'm not going to go in depthly onto the prices because more so the prices have been the same. I don't always like when you see the people talk about the price day after day because it's going to be volatile. So you end up repeating the same prices each day. So I more so just like to end up explaining if there's any news or notes that are up there. Solana is starting to stay in the top 10, which is very important because they're continuing to do a lot and they're working on their NFT marketplace all the time. And then Avalanche is up there. Polkadot is another promising one. Pay attention to Alleged Zero that is coming out. That's a blockchain that I'm very much excited for and looking forward to seeing what happens um, with Alleged Zero. Going into some of the news that we do have just in the cryptocurrency world. So a big one is, I got to say, thank you to Thugs. We did work with them to help promote their NFTs that they were putting out there. And then we did a giveaway of $50 out there for them. So that's the first thing I just want to say thank you to them for. The next thing I do want to end up showing everybody is an NFT project that I think is very cool. And a lot of people will start to end up looking into it, but it's going to be on OpenSea. So we're not going to go deeply into what NFTs are, but I just want to end up showing everybody what this NFT is. So it's called Clone X. And the cool part about it is they just actually had a partnership with Nike. So Nike acquired Artifact. And it's something that some people out there probably do know about. You start to end up seeing a lot of other people um, promote it and talk about it. So here's some of the Clone X NFTs that are there. Hopefully if it ends up loading. But so these are some of the different ones. And the big part is you'll end up being able to put shoes that potentially will be an Artifact Nike collaboration on them. And think about all this in like the metaverse. Some might seem cool. Some might be like, what the hell is this? But it's more so the details that are behind a lot of these NFTs and how much time it takes. And then the big part is, would Nike end up acquiring Artifact? The important part about this is Adidas is going to have to do something then what is Reebok going to do? Then what is Shopify and all these other companies going to do? If Nike set the precedent for acquiring an NFT company and artifact, and they're doing so much amazing things, I have to say a huge shout out to Alt Anonymous. We've talked about him. Well, I've talked about him a lot on the show because Alt has been a huge, big, a huge proponent of artifact a long time ago when he said, make sure to get a meta pigeon. That's what Steven always laughs at, or like these different shoes and stuff. And if you acquire and hold on to one of these different first um, artifacts, then you would be able to get one of the clone X or even be a part of like the mint revival that they had. So if you want to end up getting one, it is not too late. The floor price currently is 4.7 ETH. So if we do the math really quick and I'll show you how much 4.7 ETH is, that comes to around a little over, I would say, it's over $16,000 for one of these at this point. It is crazy, it's $18,000. So that's basically what that is. Just wanted to end up showing you um, what one of their NFTs looks like. The next thing I wanna talk about is Kevin Durant did do a partnership with Coinbase. The important part about this is Kevin Durant and Rich Kleiman were actually early investors in Coinbase. So it's not a super surprise if you're one that has followed what Kevin Durant and Rick Kleiman have been doing, because they've been doing a lot when it comes to cryptocurrency and stuff. And it's an easy transition for Kevin Durant to just make the partnership with them. So congratulations to Kevin Durant on that one. You start to see what um, the NFT space is doing right now when it comes to the Golden State Warriors. I'll bring that news and notes up in a little bit. Then you see what Tom Brady's doing. You see what Saquon Barkley is doing and you'll start to pay attention. It seems like the price is going down 
but it's always good when the market is down to create these different partnerships and acquisitions and do the investing now, then why do it when the price is skyrocketing? And then a lot more people won't want to get involved. Another thing I wanted to bring up is the debt ceiling. So the debt ceiling by Jay Powell and everyone in Congress, they increased it by $2 trillion. So you can just do the math. We're not necessarily paying off our debt. We're just increasing it. And then we're just paying off the debt we have with a new debt. So you will start to notice that that's another reason why Bitcoin is important. We have so much debt in this country because we're still paying so many different people back. When it comes to the queen, we're still paying them. And then China and all these different things you're doing now because of COVID, we're still having to increase the debt. So pay attention to what's going to happen going forward with the debt because people are going to look for um, stronger assets to put their money in if the value of the dollar continues to decrease. Three things I want to bring up, um, cryptocurrencies that everyone should look into because I always say that I'll try to end up, before we go there, I am not a financial advisor. This is just my opinions and for informational purposes only. But three cryptocurrencies that potentially have a lot of gains in them. One is Etherprint. So I've been talking to one of the main devs that are out there. Etherprint is based on the Avalanche blockchain. What you end up doing is you buy Etherprint. The ticker symbol is ETHP. And what will end up happening is every time people end up buying or selling, you will get a percentage of the transaction fees that are there. So you get it distributed back to you in Ethereum. So that's something that's important. The market cap, the last time I checked, was around $5 million. Another one is MCC. That's the ticker symbol. It's multi-chain capital. So this is a big one because they just had their version three launch. And it's important because a lot of big Twitter influencers are a part of it. And they're able to do cross-chain farming. So that's something important that you can end up buying MCC on the Binance Smart Chain or on the Ethereum blockchain, and you'll end up getting rewards and distributions called reflections back to you. So pay attention to those two. Another one I want everyone to continue to look into is Luxo. So I'm not going to do all the talking in this episode for you, but just look at what they do with Artifact. Look at what they're doing with Dematerialize. Pay attention to what Marjorie and Fabian are both doing and you will start to see the price is increasing over time. Look up and look into universal profiles. That's something else. So those are the main three. Another one I always bring up is checks. So they're in the self-sovereign identity. So those are four for you. And we'll put this in the um, header when we put the video out there. Just pay attention to those four. Don't say we are not giving you any gems on the show. And I told you all last month that I'll make sure to have good pics for you all this month so you all can have a good Kwanzaa Hanukkah Christmas and hopefully you can make some sort of money. I can tell you this much that I put in $500 because I just wanted to show you all, put in $500 in the Etherprint to start. And I was able to flip that into $4,000. So what I end up doing is you can end up doing reflections. You can take some out. I'll be honest, I took some out. You can pay off some credit cards and stuff like that or do other things of that nature. So those are just four. I want to go over into the stock market really quickly and say two stocks that everyone should look into are Square and Tesla. Tesla is sitting less than $1,000 per share. What's important about that is Tesla at one point was over $1,200. So watch for it to hit around $910. And between $900 and $910 would be a good buy. Square is sitting at a good point as well. And a huge shout out and big congratulations to Apple because they at one point hit a $3 trillion market cap. What everyone does not realize is a $3 trillion market cap is unheard of. There are not that many companies out there on the New York Stock Exchange 
that are over a trillion dollars. The main ones that everyone knows about, Google, Apple, Microsoft. Facebook was at one point, but due to the blowback, it came underneath it, uh, aka Meta. And then also we have Tesla that was sitting up there as well. So when the market continues to go forward again, we will see um, a lot more companies sitting over a trillion dollar market cap. And also in that category, you can put Bitcoin because Bitcoin is sitting near a trillion dollar market cap. The final thing I do want to bring up is FTX. So FTX created a partnership with the Golden State Warriors. And what they did is they will be the globe, they will hold the global rights for cryptocurrency and NFTs for the Golden State Warriors and their G League affiliate as well. So inside the arena, they will end up having like FTX around there. Keep in mind, they did acquire the naming rights to the Miami Heat's arena. So it's the FTX arena. But so also with that being said, now, if they have like Steph Curry NFTs or random other NFTs, it'll be through FTX. And it's important for them to get a stronghold on the cryptocurrency space because there's other exchanges out there that are trying to do similar things. So that's the big things over there in the cryptocurrency side of things. We are going to segue in since we are talking about money in the cryptocurrency side. We're going to segue into sports really quick. And I want to start with the Travis Hunter stuff. So can you explain to everyone out there, Stephen? who Travis Hunter is and what the big deal is with everything going on. So Travis Hunter, by all accounts, is, um, well, let's start from the beginning. Um, yesterday was, in college football, there are now two national signing days. There's the one that everybody who knows college football is familiar with, which is in February. Yes, but now there's yeah. this early signing period, um, which, is, which happened yesterday. Um, and... You don't have to sign uh, on in early signing period. A lot of guys might wait until, you know, signing day, um, the official one in February, take more visits, all that kind of good stuff might not be ready to make their, <clears throat> make their choice yet. Um, but the nation's overall number one prospect, Travis Hunter from Georgia, I think it was, yeah. um, by all, you know, there's multiple different websites. You know, this, there's multiple different websites that give, ratings and rankings for players and teams and everything. And, but Travis Hunter by all accounts is number one, five-star kid. He's a cornerback. Some have listed as an athlete. He can play all over the place. Um, six, one, six, two, 190 pound cornerback, which is for a high school kid. That's you know massive. Um, mm -hmm. Came out. He was committed to Florida state for a very long time. Um, and he rose up in the rankings and, you know, was committed to Florida State for, like I said, a very long time. And then Georgia came along and there was rumors yesterday, early yesterday. And I follow recruiting, um, you know, more than more than a lot of people I know. Um, so I was staying on top of this and I was checking everything out and checking all the websites. And there were rumors that, you know, he might be flipping to Georgia. Um, yeah. And that was one. And then well, the bombshell came out. Yeah, he did. And then the bombshell came out that he might be flipping to Jackson State. Mm -hmm. which is where Deion Sanders is the head coach at. Um, and you, everyone knows Deion Sanders, primetime coach prime. Um, Jackson State won 11-1, won the uh, SWAC championship. They, you know, they're going to the Celebration Bowl, which is you know, uh, for the HBCU uh, teams, and they go there. And you know, Deion Sanders is Deion Sanders. So mm -hmm. it was a like a, a last minute thing. And if anybody knows college football and knows how high school recruiting goes, a lot of these kids will put the hats on the table in front of them. We've all we've all, we've all seen it, whether you're a fan or not. You've seen it somewhere or another. There's always these 
last second decisions and you know, commitment flips and decommits and all that kind of good stuff. So Hunter um, decommitted from Florida State on signing day and did the whole hat thing. And he did Georgia and I think Florida State then, and then through both those hats. And then someone legit throw Steve, like, no, like legit telling you put them on. what happened. This it, man disrespected this. the hat and threw it. Kids do this all the time where they'll, they'll put the hat on or they'll put the shirt on or whatever, and they'll put it on and they'll take it off. It happens mm-hmm. all the time. It's, Hunter's not the first one to do it. It happens yeah. every single year. And I've seen it. I've, I've gotten my heart broken by a ton, a ton, <laughs> of, these hats. A ton of them hats. It happens all the time. So, but then he makes the bombshell comes out and he commits to Jackson State, which, yeah. you know, there, I'm sure there are people who maybe like heard the rumblings prior to yesterday that maybe saw it coming, but outside of that, nobody saw it coming. No. And it's, um, it's one of those things where like, I don't think this is going to be a trend. I don't think um, not just players go into HBCUs, which I saw a lot of people, commenting on that whether it was positive and, and, and negative like why would you go from you know why would you go you know commit to florida state and then go to jackson state and hbcu um you know and give up that power five because you know kids can do whatever they want you know like it's, there's these kids are 17 18 years old like mm-hmm. they, they you know at that age you really don't know what what you're doing um but the the thing about it is now that there's these NIL deals, these name image likeness deals that kids are getting. And these kids are getting hundreds of thousands, if not upwards of millions of dollars, depending on what your name is. And it's basically between that and the transfer portal in college football, it's basically for agency. It's basically a professional. It really agency. is. Yeah. You know, like I, I'm sure they, I'm sure they go to class and all that, but you know, as well as I do, I mean, you're come passing on, them right? You're passing <laughs> come them on. Um, and this is, you know, the, the NIL, these kids are getting deals it's not like this isn't like the first time that high school recruits are getting or college players are getting paid to go to a certain school or getting paid once they get to that school. Again, mm-hmm. you know, all this as well as I do, you know, you're, you're up on it. You might not follow the recruiting trail as, as hard, but like, you know, how it goes with certain yeah. schools. And we all have heard the stories and I've heard some, some firsthand accounts from, from people. And um, you know, the, the thing about this Travis Hunter thing was people said that, you know, he was getting deals from, you know, company X or people X and Barstool was one of them. And, you know, who, who knows what the truth is to all that, but Deion Sanders came out and denied it and said that, you know, we don't, we don't have any money. It's not like, like people can't like, they can say that, Oh, he went there cause he wanted to go to an HBCU and, you know, he wanted to, you know, kind of bring those, bring those up and he wanted to maybe start a, start a trend and, um, I, I respect that. And I appreciate that if that's, you know, ultimately what the goal was, but like, you can't sit there and tell me that money didn't play a factor. 1000%. Like, 1000%. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter what your situation is. It doesn't matter if you come from a wealthy family. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if you came from the streets. It doesn't matter what, what neighborhood you grew up in. If a school comes to you and says, Hey, you know, we can offer you you know, six figures, seven figures, and you can help your family. Like, okay. You're going to take it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like, where do I sign? Where's my hat? You know, where do I, you know, I, I'm down. So look, what, like, who knows if we'll ever be able to figure, you know, if we'll know why he chose to go to Jackson state. 
Um, or how long he's going to be there. Or how long he's going to be there. Like, obviously, people are going to keep an eye on him because he was the nation's number one recruit, and he chose to go there over a Power 5 school. And not just, like, decommit from Florida State and go to Georgia or Alabama or whatever. He chose Jackson State and go to Deion Sanders and all that stuff. So we'll see how his career pans out. And, you know, it's his choice. So, like, ultimately, you know, go go make your paper one way or another. Go be great. Go do your thing. But um, it's a, it was a very, very talked about uh, situation, um, mm-hmm. positively and, and negatively, by a lot of um, – a lot of – there were – there was a it, it was it definitely was black and white yeah and there was no like there was no gray area it was black and white and i mean that in like the literal sense of you know hbcus the people who support that they yeah. were like you know let this kid do whatever he wants and help bring them up cool support that and then there's the the, the other folks who were like, <laughs> how dare, like how dare you how dare you a 17 year old choose to do something that you want to do. How dare you leave my program as the number one recruit? And these are all, all Florida State fans. And I follow mm-hmm. the message boards and everything. And people were furious with this kid. Yeah. Like, I'm sure there's that guy who's sitting in, that Florida State fan who's sitting in his basement yes. with his, his, his extra large Mountain Dew in some Cheetos, mm-hmm. you know, dropping N-bombs and you know, with death threats and all that kind of crap. And, yeah. you know, I saw someone, they had a, a framed Deion Sanders Florida State jersey. It looked like it was signed. It was looked like in a nice, nice frame, but they tossed it out and they were going to burn it because Deion Sanders, who's a Florida State alum, you know, one of the greatest college and NFL players ever, you know, took this kid from Florida State to Jackson, to Jackson State. So it was very, it was very like, it was very heavy on the, on the whole college football world, but again, like more power to the kid, like do whatever you want to do, man. Like it's, it's your decision. Like you can always, there's always a transfer portal. So if you go there for a year and it's shit's not working out the way you want to, you have an out you can go back to Florida state or you can transfer wherever you want to go. So more power to the kid though, you know, but people hate it. So I'll give my thoughts. I have numerous different thoughts. One, I'll start from the HPU side. So a lot of people that know me know one where I went to school um, we had so many HBCUs around us. So I went to Old Dominion. So we had Hampton University up the street. Then we also had Norfolk State that was not too far away as well. And then you have the ones that are in North Carolina and then just up here, um, just going forward. So when I went, before I started going after my master's, I thought about it. I talked to friends that I wanted to go to HBCUs. So HBCUs have always been near and dear to me in terms of this. I mixed, and Steve and I have had these conversations a lot before that it would take money for a lot of these people to end up getting there. Well, long and behold, of course, you have the speculation of potentially it's millions that they were paid, that Barstool paid um, to Travis Hunter. But again, if you're paying seven figures, you're not going to say no, because we all know money's involved because HBCUs are not going to get these top tier athletes just yet. You have the people. I remember there was one um, college basketball player that did a similar thing. And people were wondering, is that going to be a trend or not? I think they went to Howard. For some reason, yeah, I can't. But. I can't remember. I can't remember who it was, but yeah, there's. This isn't. This isn't going to be a trend. I don't think. Um, it would take a lot of money for people to get there. They don't have it yet. And I, I think that there. Um, I think you'll see. You'll start to see a lot of the um, the guys who are in the in the NFL right now who went to HBCUs, and there's a lot of them. There's a lot more than people think. 
who mm-hmm. are prominent NFL players and former NFL players. You can go, I, I saw a list say, you can go look it, look it up. And there are a lot of NFL Hall of Famers that went to HBCUs. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, you know, I don't know how much, you know, again, I don't know how much these guys give back, you know, whether it's HBCUs or Power 5 schools or whoever it is, like D3, doesn't matter. I don't know how much these NFL guys get back to those schools, but if they see this happen and Jackson State, you know, continues to rise and they see all the other HBCUs and, you know, FBS schools or FCS, whatever the hell it is, D2, D1AA, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I can see it starting to become a, a trend, like maybe with, with, with a lowercase T, but I don't think it's going to become an every year thing where you got signing day and you got these kids flipping and doing this and doing what Travis Hunter did. I just don't see that happening because there is way too much money, way too much money at these power five schools like Georgia and Bama and Ohio state. All these schools have an insane amount of money that they can give these kids. Yeah. And we'll see how it goes. The other thing I wanted to bring up with that, um, because I was talking to one of my friends that went to an HBCU where he played football and we were just talking about it is good from the sense Travis Hunter can talk to one of the best that are out there at the cornerback position. But the thing we all have to realize is Deion Sanders can't just work with him. He's the head football coach. He's not the DB's coach. So he can't just sit with him one-on-one, but he will be able to give him pointers and talk to him. So that's what I do wonder. The other part is, well, there's two parts. The first part is they better protect the hell out of this man in Jackson, Mississippi, because not going to say how many times I've been there, how little times I've been there, but I can promise you Jackson state is one of the main things in Jackson, Mississippi. I will say that they have a big ass stadium that's down there, but the important part about that is Jackson, Mississippi is not the best area. Like there are rough parts in that area. So y'all are going to protect this man damn near as much as you protect Deion Sanders. Cause if some shit happens to Travis Hunter, it's over. But the other part is he's going to have to ball out so much there. If you look at like Tariq Cohen, how, how do we find out about him? Cause he balled out in the bowl games and stuff. That's really how I knew about Terry Cohen back in college one. Cause they called him like mighty mouse and stuff like that because he was so quick. And then he made it to the NFL, but he had to ball out. Same with like Tyron Matthew. Keep in mind, Tyron Matthew was not always at LSU. He had to leave LSU and he still had to ball out there. They knew he was a good player, but he still had to ball out. So Travis Hunter has to do that. You can't just have two interceptions and be like, yep, he's going to NFL. No, he has to have a lot of interceptions. He has to do better than what the cornerbacks are doing at the Power Five conferences. Because if he just does the same amount or less, it doesn't matter. You have to do above and beyond. It's kind of like someone playing at a private school compared to a public school. The public school person has to play so much harder than some of these wealthy private schools. So that's the big thing that Travis Hunter um, will have to do. The other thing I wanted to bring up, just talking about, oh, you had something? Yeah, I, I don't think um, I don't think this would be a, a, a I, I think it, it would still be a talked about subject, but um, I don't think it would be talked about nearly as much if he was even the number two recruit in the country. Yeah, like if he was number like sixty five or seventy, or he was matter. outside the like the, the top one hundred or whatever. Yeah, it would just be like, hey, this is a, a little new story, whatever. The fact that he was like the overall consensus number one recruit in the country is like, you know, that's like the main, there's the fact that he also, that he went to Jackson state and he was, it's not like he was 
down to you know deciding between you know Jackson State, Florida State, and Georgia or whatever, and did the hat thing, and then made the commitment. He was committed to Florida State and then decommitted and then went to Jackson State. And the fact, obviously, that he was the number one recruit in the country. So that mm-hmm. plays like like that's a complete X factor in all this is that he was he like he's that guy. So I mean, again, like I say this with Penn State recruiting in just in general. Who the hell knows how these kids are gonna do? You know, yeah. these kids are coming here, five stars. It doesn't like your rankings don't matter. Everyone says that every time you get to college, your rankings don't matter, stars don't matter. It doesn't matter if you're six five, two sixty, it doesn't matter. You yeah. need to get there, you need to develop and you need to learn, you need to play, you need to ball out, you need to become an all-American, all that kind of stuff. Now, if he doesn't, it's gonna be it's not gonna be a problem, but it's gonna be like, well, you know, as it happens when you don't go to Florida State or you don't go to Power Five school, that's what I have to get. His career might have been the same at Florida State. You know, if he, if he doesn't pan out, he doesn't become an All-American or whatever, like, that's cool. Like, that's okay. Like, yeah. he doesn't have to be, like, like he, he does have the ball out, but, like, he doesn't have to be, the, like, a top five draft pick. But he's got he's to help continue to put, you know, Jackson State and the other HBCUs on the map and let recruits know, hey, like, it's okay to skip out on the Power Five and come here and enjoy yourself and, and ball out this way. So, yeah, it'll definitely be interesting to see how that how that pans out. Yeah, the other two college football news that I want to bring up before we go into the predictions. So I got to give a big thank you to ODU Central. So they started following me and then they retweet a lot of the ODU football recruiting stuff. So if I start talking a lot about ODU football recruiting and who we picked up in like the Hampton Roads area, it's not me knowing it on my own. It's me checking everything that they have. So it's kind you of- You don't got to say that though. I know, right? Like you don't, <laughs> my sources- like, I don't. I do, bro. I don't, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't, you know, I, I'm cool. That's all right. Yeah. So I said that because it's a, become more of a big thing in like the ODU area, just the amount, the amount of recruits that they're picking up and what they're doing down there. The boys actually just hit the road today to go down to Myrtle Beach. So good luck to them as they play Tulsa. So hopefully they bring home a W. They were giving out t shirts and stuff like that, but it's exciting just to see them in it because the recognition will continue to help them. As they go forward, the other thing I want to bring up is what are your thoughts on the Spencer Rattler thing? Before you answer that, I had to look at it like three times. You would have thought I was drunk because I looked at the first time. I thought it said Southern California. I was like, oh, he's going back with Lincoln Riley. Looked at it again. I was like, California. I was like, yo, how did that happen? But he put him second to the other kid. And I was like, oh, it says South Carolina. And then I see Steven saying it's a big thing. I'm like, Steven, why is it such a big thing? He's going to Southern California, but it's South Carolina. So what are your thoughts? Yeah. Um, Spencer Rattler, for those who don't know, quarterback from Oklahoma, was um, you know, a prize recruit. Yeah, yeah, that too. Was a prize recruit coming out of high school um, just three years ago, I think it was. Heisman favorite heading into this season. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm sure he'll be on that list next year. But, um, yeah, it was weird. Like, South Carolina. It's yeah, not it like they random. like they don't have uh, – they don't have Marcus Lattimore. They don't have Al- Alshon Jeffrey. They don't have these dudes anymore. Like, um, Shane Beamer is the head coach there. Frank Beamer's uh, son, Frank Beamer, former head coach at uh, Virginia Tech. Um, I don't know. Like – I'm sure there's some, I'm sure there's some coin there. I mean, it has yeah. to be like, again, he's getting more money than he already just got. That's the bro, crazy like, thing. Yeah. The other crazy thing is that 
like you can't you can't say that these guys are transferring and and not putting the money line in there that mm-hmm. you know saying quote there's money involved or like they're getting this nil deal like that is happening and whether like these schools want to admit it or not or coaches want to say yeah he's getting that or like Deion sanders you know denied that he's said that uh travis hunter is getting xyz from company xyz or whoever like it, it is happening like no one's no one's that dumb to believe that these guys are going to these schools, these maybe lesser schools than where they came from. In both those cases, those schools are quote lesser than where they came from in terms of like the national brand that they have and not getting a significant amount of money in their pocket. Mm-hmm. And Spencer Rattler, anybody who follows college football knows that he's been one of the most prominent names in the country over the last couple of years. Because yeah. he went with he went to Oklahoma, Lincoln Riley learned under him, then he got benched for uh, Caleb Williams. And now he's transferring to South Carolina. And, you know, the big thing is Spencer Rattler to the SEC. Like, what is he going to do? It's going to be, mm-hmm. you know, he's got to go through, bro, he's got to go through a lot of teams. Yeah. Not just like Georgia and Alabama, but you got to go through, you know, I know some of these teams are down, but any given year, the SEC, you know, these one of these teams can, can surprise you. He's got to go, obviously, through Bama, Georgia, LSU, Georgia, uh, Florida, um, Tennessee is, is, is coming back. Um, you have Auburn, you have, you have Mississippi state, you have Ole Miss, you know, Vanderbilt, whatever, but like, you know, you have all these dominant programs who have been dominant over the last decade or so. So in South Carolina has not been, de- been dominant. Mm-hmm. Now they went six and six this year. It's not like they went 10 and two and he went there and he's going to make them a you know, 12 and 0 team. Like, again, there's a lot of work that that's gotta be done in that, within that program and within the conference to, you know, un, unseed the Bamas and the, the Georgias of the world. So I don't know, like good for him again, like do what, do whatever you want to do, you know, that, that, that is going to make you happy and get you to where you want to be. At. And ultimately Spencer Rattler's a guy that wants to get to the NFL. So mm-hmm. he thinks this is going to help him. They also got the Oklahoma tight end that was with him uh, there. Uh, Jake Stogner um, mm-hmm. who transferred to South Carolina as well. So he has some, you know, but uh, familiarity with with him and some, you know a good target so um yeah like the, the transfer portal and the, and the nil like i just said is it just makes it free agency yeah there's got to be like there's got to be guidelines with it and i was talking to jay hill about this there's got to be guidelines about it like these kids if you're going to transfer you know like wait till the season's over or like you know if you're going to be in the transfer portal like wait till the season's over which i think most of these kids unless it's something that just super drastic most of them wait but, you know, in the NIL deals, that's got to be regulated somehow. Like, you know, I know there's companies and businesses in, in these towns that are giving these guys deals and everything and mega donors for a lot of these schools and a lot of them are in the South. It's got to be regulated somehow. Because it, on, on one hand, and I, I said this, um, I said this to somebody the other day, like it does bring parity to college football because it is the same the, since the playoffs started. It's been the same schools. You have the Georgias, the Alabamas, the Ohio States, the Clemsons, the Oklahomas of the world. And like, I love watching those teams play each other, but it's not going to go from like those, you know, five or six schools to 25 teams that can make the playoffs. It'll probably go to like, you know, 10 teams, maybe like 12 that can, that can make the playoffs. And that just makes the season that much better. So there's good that comes out of this, but if you have like, you we're going to, we might get to the point where we have a hundred guys in the transfer portal. Yeah, it's just absolutely. It's just chaos. And I hope it doesn't go that way. 
you would assume that the ADs and the presidents of these universities and, you know, Mark Emmert even being the, I'm not going to say that, but being who he is, um, mm-hmm. that these guys, you know, make some sort of decision like, hey, we need to, you know, control this and keep it, keep it this way so it doesn't expand into God knows what. And then we're just like, well, shit, let's just combine college football with the NFL and we'll be all right. That's going to be the next thing if they don't get a hold yep. of it. Because the academics, everyone's forgetting about that. They still got to go to class and be there a certain amount of years. So it's going to kind of like throw that part off too. And the other thing is like, you know, this, like when you, when you would commit to a school, you know, I, I guess I don't, the transfer portal is only a couple of years old, but like, you know, 10 years ago, if you committed to a school on signing day or you were locked in mm-hmm. and like, you knew that if you, if you wanted to transfer somewhere, you had to go and you had to sit out a year and then you could play for yes. that yeah so like it like you had like you didn't have an out like you, when you signed when you committed to a school until you know sure you could you could decommit before signing day and everything that happens and still does but when you signed on national signing day and you signed your letter of intent and you sent that into the school shit bro you were locked in yeah i remember those and days it, and again and if you wanted to transfer you had to, you had to go go to a school and you unless you were a graduate transfer you could at that point you pay right away but you had to go sit out a year and like kids didn't want to do that. So like they would be at these schools and that's what built a lot of these programs up the Alabama's, the Georgia's and the, you know, the top programs in the country. But now with the, the transfer portal, if you get benched in the second half of the first game of the season, shit, bro, you can transfer at halftime. Yeah. <laughs> like you can, like you, like you, you can, you can, like, you can say, like, I've, like, I've seen stories recently this season and last season, like kids are, they're like, all right, yeah, I'm just, I'm done. Like, I'm, I'm like literally quitting at halftime and mm-hmm. they are transferring the next day. Yeah. It's like, that's fucked up. Like that, like that can't happen. Like there's gotta be like, there's gotta be some sort of gu- guidelines with this stuff because it's going to just get out of control. And you're going to like some, some, like, I think um, Indiana, that was my, uh, my uncle sent me how many uh, guys are in the transfer portal from each school in the big 10. Penn State has three right now, which is great. Like there's obviously gonna be players who don't play a lot and they want to go to another program and they mm. want to try and get playing time. That's all. That's cool. But Indiana has 19 kids in the transfer portal, bro. That is like almost a quarter of your team. Wild. Yeah. And some of these, they're starting quarterback. Michael Penix Jr. just transferred to uh, Washington. So like good for them on one hand, you got out of a situation you didn't want to be in, you, you know, the, the rules allow you to, but you know, we, we can't get to the point and I don't think you can transfer more than once. I don't know how it mm-hmm. works. Like you can't transfer oh, yeah, every year. Transfer like every time. <laughs> yeah. I, all right. I'm going to, I'm going to start off with the big 10. I'm going to go to the SEC. I'm going to go to the Pac-12. And then, all right. Now I'm going to go to the HBCU and then I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll come back to the, I'll come back to the big 12 and I'll finish up exactly. at your senior, you know, at, at, you know, Eastern Washington or something like that. Mm-hmm. I started at Illinois or something, you know, so has to be guidelines. There's, there's definitely good and bad. It, it kind of at some point will balance out. But it, it, I mean, I just don't want to get to the point where it's chaos because college football is losing a lot of their, you know, the, um, the goodness of college football, the purity of college football it used to be like, again, it wasn't that long ago. You, you mm-hmm. signed to a school, you committed, and you were there. Yeah. And that was it. That was, that was end of, end of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's just like, it's just that's just how shit is these days and there's no yeah i don't want to say there's no loyalty because coaches do the same shit like mid-season they'll mm-hmm. they'll leave for another job Kelly. and everything so yeah that you know that it does happen so there's good and there's bad but i just don't want to get to the point where there's just chaos 
every single offseason. And it's because of the money and because of kids not, you know, oh, I didn't get to play in, in the first half. All right, I'm done. Yeah. So who you got? That's not, for that's, the... not, that's not how I'm going to raise Mason, buddy. I know. <laughs> but when you, my guy, when you commit to something, you are you are there. Yeah. And it's, it's going to be Penn State, just so everybody knows. Oh, my God. So who you got for the playoffs, college football playoffs? What are your predictions? Um, I got Alabama dismantling Cincinnati. I think um, I would say that if they were playing Georgia or Michigan, I just think Alabama's that good. But I think they're way better than Cincinnati. Um, and then I got I got Michigan beating Georgia. I think I think Michigan is okay. I think Michigan is on a on a on a mission. Um, I think Aiden Hutchinson is going to definitely keep cementing his legacy at Michigan. And then cement his status as the number one player coming into the draft. So I got Bama, Michigan, um, heading into the into the natural title game, and then I got Bama pulling it out again. So crazy enough, Stephen and I are exactly the same on this one. Um, mm. The reason being, so yeah, so I have Bama, of course. That's the easier one. If Cincinnati mm-hmm. finds some way to end up beating Alabama, I promise you that coach needs to get like. Uh, Patrick Mahomes type deal. Bryce Young has to get hurt, probably. That's the only way. Something like that has to happen. Yeah, Yeah, they don't have a Jalen Hurts to attack a Vailoa situation, whereas like second quarter halftime. Good, good good, uh, pronunciation on that one. Nice. I know. (laughs) So that's the only way that can happen. In terms of Georgia, Michigan, I feel the committee tried to set it up for it to be Bama Georgia meeting again. Um, But I feel as though Michigan. Harbaugh is just different this year. And the players that he has, they stepped their game up. I get they probably got tired of every single year being like the doghouse and not necessarily being at the next um, point in the game when it comes to college football. But I have Michigan. I think they need to make sure you're going to need to double team Aiden Hutchinson. That's for starters. Then also you need to pay attention to the running backs. I think also Michigan has a good blueprint because they found out how to beat Georgia. I don't know if they can duplicate what Bama did, but you have the blueprint on what needs to necessarily be done in order to yep. figure out their holes on how to do it. Because one, Bryce Young just said, we just going to throw it over the top. Whatever happens, happens. So they're going to need to use their two quarterbacks correctly to end up doing something similar. So George, uh, uh, Mich- um, geez. Bama is without their number one, number two wide receiver, whoever you want to look at, uh, John Mechie mm-hmm. is out No. No, is it Jameson Williams is out or John Mechie's out? One of their two nah, top receivers Jameson is out. Jameson got to keep drinking. Yeah, he's he, he's the one of the receivers is out. Um, so that might help Cincinnati a little bit, but I don't think it does. Yeah, so other thing is uh, that I have Bama winning. I would want Michigan to win, but if Bama's in the college football playoffs, I, I'm not rooting bro, against I, Bama. I, I, I do not want Michigan to win. I, that's the kind of, I just, <laughs> I just, I just, I just – I just cannot, I just cannot do that. I can't like, I want like the big 10, it would look good for the big 10 to get mm-hmm. a national title. Um, but I just, no, I cannot, can't, can't root for them. Can't do it. So I want to segue into the NBA. Um, since we were talking about college athletes and I want to talk about Zion Williams at first one, cause he had another <sighs> injury. I feel two different ways. One, you want to let the kid, get his time so that he can get there. But these injuries are starting to add up. And that's kind of like my concern with it. So what are your thoughts with Zion? 
sad, bro. Yeah. It's sad. Like, ah, just, just sucks because he was, if you follow, again, if you follow recruiting, you've known who Zion Williams in his, since he was high school, like 14. Yeah. And and his highlights from high school and into college at Duke were like top notch. The, the, you know, how big he was playing against children and same shit in college. He was a man against boys. And he was, you know, six, 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 eight, whatever he is. Who knows how much he weighs? I have no idea. NBA players in general. Now. Yeah. NBA players in general, you never know how much they actually weigh. Um, but I mean, this kid's, he's, you know, what, 20 years old, 21 years old. Mm-hmm. And he's got foot problems, you know, probably on top of like knee shit going on too. Mm-hmm. When you start talking about foot problems for someone that big that That's does what he does, he needs, you know, it. yo, I let, he, thanks, Christian. He needs yeah. <laughs> Good luck, bro. Keep Clay sipping Thompson that champagne. Don't need him as much. Yeah. Keep, yeah. Keep, keep sipping that champagne. Um, he, um, like, bro, I got just let him sit as long as humanly possible. I don't care if he misses this season is over for the Pelicans, like, they're shit. So, and you know, who knows next season but i would let this kid sit as long as possible i don't want to see another update from him until he's in the starting lineup until he's ready to come back just let this kid rest as long as humanly possible he he needs it um there's a lot of pressure on him as well because he was labeled as like the next big thing mm-hmm. there's been a lot of guys that come through that have kind of maybe gotten that label a little bit but none since lebron no one's gotten it like this like like zion has so yeah. he's, got, he's got a lot of pressure. New Orleans sucks. Maybe he's in a bad situation there. He's not on a good team. So, um, yeah, let him sit, man, as long as possible. Please. All I'm going to say about this is a lot of teams I like don't do well with draft picks. But the Memphis Grizzlies did a damn good job choosing John Morant and being like, we're going to go with John Morant at number they two. Were, they were teammates and on the AAU yes. circuit. And that's what's in, uh, crazy. South Carolina. Because everyone focused on Zion Williamson and John Moran was the one shooting in the corner half the time. Didn't go to the yep. same big time school and he had to ball out where he did go, whereas Zion uh-huh. Williamson yep. Yep. was the main one. So that's kind of a big thing. The other thing I wanted to talk about super fast was Steph Curry. So one, I don't know why people are like, who's going to be the next one to beat Steph Curry's record. First off, he's still playing. So that thing yeah. is not going to be being anytime soon. Also, he is not that old. So he is still going to be able to put up threes. And third, even when he does become old, he's not going to lose any of like the talent a lot of these players lose because him and Clay just shoot threes half the damn time. So whereas Kobe and then LeBron and D Wade and all of them, they use their athleticism a lot of times. So when it starts to deteriorate, the way that they played um, regress too. Steph can shoot threes until he's like 100. Look at Ray Allen. Mm-hmm. Look at Reggie. Yep. They could all do it because they just shot threes. Look at when Kyle Korver was doing it. J.J. Redick, all of them had longevity. They just shoot the damn three. So what are your thoughts on the record? And then Auntie. Um, shout out to Spike Lee for yeah. doing, the, doing the most. Um, <laughs> I, I think – once he once he kind of got going with things, I think a couple of years ago, you know, maybe three four years ago, when they were at their at their peak, the like, the Warriors when they were winning titles left and right, um, I think a lot of people assumed that he would get to this point. 
Now, for mm-hmm. him to actually get here is another thing and like super impressive. So good for him. I want to ask you though, what do you think is more, more meaningful to their career? Steph getting this or LeBron eventually, hopefully becoming the all-time leading scorer, which is more important to one's career? Because they both got the titles. They both got the MVPs. They both got, you know, they're both considered, widely considered, one's considered arguably the greatest player of all time. And the other one is considered the greatest shooter of all time. And he'll probably be on the NBA Mount Rushmore at some point down the road. Both Hall of Famers, you know, they both changed the game different ways. Which of these records is more meaningful? Steph getting the three-point record or LeBron being the NBA's all-time leading scorer? So everyone that knows me knows no answer is simple for me. So what I'll end up saying to start, it's LeBron um, because the all-time scoring record is a big thing. But I also feel for Steph, it's twofold. One, he probably really loves that he finally can live up to everyone in the world just shooting threes. But I think Steph is aiming for like the all-time scoring record too. I don't know if he'll get there, but if you keep shooting threes and LeBron's shooting twos, he might get in the top 10. I'll tell, I'll tell you that um, I think the closest active player that can get there, which I don't think he will, um, is, is, is KD. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think – I don't think – let me actually look. You can, you can keep, keep going, but um, I don't yeah. think – keep going. Because, no, so that was the um, biggest part when it came to Steph Curry because I think as though Steph is looked at from a lot of different people in terms of, wow, Steph Curry has changed the game when it comes to three, same way Allen Iverson changed the game when it came to, like, the crossover and then the dress and stuff like that. I feel as though it's important, but when you look at the two players that were at the top of it, it's kind of like they did good shooting threes but then if you look at the all-time point scoring record how well is it because everyone that's on that all-time scoring list was not just shooting threes all the time a good amount of them were attacking the basket too and the three-point shot wasn't as important then as it is now right um so lebron is third all time um kareem leads the way obviously with 38,387 lebron's got 35,811 so he can definitely get there. He's got to stay healthy, play like 70 games, 70, 75 games a year, and average like 23, 25 a game. I did the math a long time ago, um, and he can get it. Yeah, I did. And he can get it in like a couple seasons, but him getting hurt over the, over, since he's been in L.A., man, that really set him back. Like mm-hmm. probably like thousands of points. So <laughs> yeah, he, like thousands, bro. <laughs> so he's got to stay healthy and play a significant amount of games and you know, average probably 23, 25 a game. Mello is ninth. Um, shout out to Carmelo Anthony for yeah. being ninth all the time, 27,000. Next closest active player is KD. KD's 24th on the list. Um, he's right behind yeah. Patrick Chewing. Yeah, t- Patrick Chewing. He's got 24,000. So he's got, you know, 14,000 more points to go to get to Kareem. Um, especially... If LeBron breaks it, you know, that'll obviously be more, much like, the, you know, Steph breaking the record, it's going to be way mm-hmm. more by the time he's done. Um, James Harden is 32nd on the list. And then wow. you scroll all the way down. Steph Curry is only is 60th on the list. Dwight Howard has more career points than Steph. Um, Steph has 19,000. It's the twos. I'm telling you, people yeah. think it's the threes, but them twos add up. 
Yeah, they do, bro. They do. <laughs> Steph, um, Steph has 19,159. So for context as well, um, Reggie Miller and Ray Allen, the other, the number two, number three guys now on the all times, uh, three point list. Um, Ray Allen is 25th all time in scoring right behind KD, uh, 24,000. And Reggie Miller is 21st all time. He's got 25,000. So, you know, Steph will probably be in that, you know, he is, how old is Steph right now? He is early thirties. He is 33. So he's probably got another like four or five legit seasons to go. You would, if he stays healthy, you, you would think, um, so, you know, he can probably get up in that 25,000 range, but, you know, that's probably going to be it. KD, you know, KD's got 24,000. He's 3,000 behind Melo right now. I would mm. I would say KD will probably be up around five or four by the time Look his the he's done. this year, hell yeah. Yeah, and, you know, if he doesn't get hurt, and this, he's – what, KD's also – he's up there in age too. I mean, he's not yeah. he's not young. He's, he's 30 – damn, he's only 33? Shit. That's why he wants Rolex. So, so he's got ways to go too. So, I mean, this list is going to be crazy once LeBron's done, KD's done, and, and you know, James Harden's on this list too. He's not too far off. Westbrook. So, all these guys are going to be filling the top ten potentially. Um, mm. And that's just kind of just the way the game is these days. But um, Steph will probably be in that twenty five thousand to range ish. Um, then KD will probably be that closer to top five than anybody on the list so far. Yeah. But, so that was my NBA stuff I wanted to end up bringing up because Steph Curry was the big thing that we couldn't forget about. We'll go into <laughs> yo, shout out to Del Curry though. I know Del Curry. Shout out to Del. Shoot his shot. Yo, he was <laughs> yo, he 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 looked divorced AF. Yeah, he did. He was like, he was I just ready. Do it. He was like, my son's about to break the record. I'm at Madison Square Garden, I'm front row. There are honeys everywhere. I am wearing my, my best fit. Mm-hmm. And he is, and he was gonna go out shooting the lights out, and he did. There was yes. pics of him with, with, with it's with Instagram models and everything, and you got Sonya Curry up in up in the nosebleed, it looked like compared to where Del Curry was. So, I know, I know, I know. You know, shout out though, shout out to Del Curry getting his <laughs> shooting his shot, just like just like Steph. But anyway, so I'm going into the NFL stuff, and last time we ended up talking about our NBA challenge and the overall record. So before we go into the NFL records. I would like to say, I mean, if we go into the NFL projections, so Steven is 86 and 64, which is above 500, <laughs> which is good. Oh, yeah, it is. That's very good. So we've been doing good. And we missed like two or three weeks just because we were busy. And then I am 99 and 51. So it's not that far off. Like you can easily yeah. make uh, 13 games. So it's not that much. When it, And the reason why... Steven can make it up is Steven takes risks. And I've noticed that he'll randomly choose a team that is not supposed to win. For example, Detroit Lions against the Steelers all those weeks. And that's kind of how it is. And it's with anything. If you take the risk and you get those W's, that's how it starts to balance out. So we'll start off with the game that's happening tonight. Uh, Chiefs and Chargers. Who you got? Um, I originally picked the Chiefs. So. Oh, okay. You originally, I thought you were about to change your answer. No, no, no. I'm sticking with the Chiefs. So I had the Chiefs as well for tonight. Um, the next game, although I like the Chargers and I love what Justin Herbert's doing, shout out Justin Herbert. He's starting to get 
a lot of shots shooting his way in terms of like Instagram models and stuff like that. Um, um, next- I, I saw first real quick about him. First, first quarterback in NFL history to have 30 touchdown passes in his first two seasons. So good yeah. for him. And they tried to think that he wasn't going to be the one potentially. And it's like mm-hmm. Herbert came to play one. Look where he went to school. So of course, touchdowns were going to come his way for that. Next one is Saturday night game. Well, Saturday game, Raiders Browns. Raiders. So I have the Raiders in that one as well. I don't The Browns, I just never know. They beat the Ravens, but they beat the Ravens, and the Ravens didn't even have Lamar Jackson. So yep. how much can you actually put into that? And they almost lost to the Ravens. So the next one is Pats Colts. Pats. So I have the offensive rookie of the year in that one. So the Patriots. The next game, Panthers-Bills. The Bills will need this one, but who you got? Bills. So I have the Bills in this one as well. That The Bills need to get a win soon because if you look where they went from being at the top of the AFC North to now they're finding wild card spots, the AFC people say isn't that good, but if you get a couple of losses, you start to fall on that mediocre middle ground. So you kind of need to get a win, but I have the Bills in that one. Panthers just are not, I don't know what they're doing. They need to find something. Cam Newton clearly is not Cam Newton anymore. Because Scam Newton. Yeah, he is definitely scamming teams out there. People believed in him that one game. Christian McCaffrey's injured. So I really don't know what they're going to do going forward. Y'all paying these running backs the money and they are not going through with it. Uh, Derrick Henry injured. Christian McCaffrey injured. Saquon, don't sign any contracts. Just leave. But cards and lines. Yo, he said, he said he wants to be a big part of the reason why the Giants get turned around. And I said, no, you do not. <laughs> no, sir. I will. <laughs> no, sir. Don't come back to campus if that's if that's how you're gonna be. My guy, come on. Don't do that. I know you're I know you're loyal and everything, but don't do that. <laughs> so Cardinals Lions. Cardinals. They look good. Oh, they are without DeAndre Hopkins for the rest of the season. It seems yeah, like they said he might he can, they might come back in the playoffs, but they're out without DeAndre Hopkins, which means pay attention. If you have AJ Green out there in the waiver wire somewhere, pick up AJ Green. He's looking good since he left Cincinnati and spent on the Cardinals. Also, Christian Kirk is another one. And James Conner. Uh, James Conner has shown that he is a good running back. Although they have Najee Harris now in Pittsburgh, James Conner is looking good there. So I got the Cardinals in that one. The next one, Jets, Dolphins. Zach Wilson sucks. I don't care what anybody says. Like, Bro, this is, a, this is a, such a shitty game. Like, uh, Dolphins. So I had the Dolphins in that one. Zach Wilson is just not good. You look at when the backups come in compared to when he comes in, that whole offense is different. It sucks because, like, he – like, I watched their game against the Eagles. I think we talked about this last week. I, I, like, he, like, he made like, – and I know the game was well out of hand and everything, but, like, he made some, like, good throws. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, cool. Like, you can he, – he has a cannon. He can sling it. Yes. But, man, my guy is way too inaccurate. He's way too way too inconsistent, yes. and he just can't like he just loses things and can't read the defense properly and just throws an absolute dime to nobody. Yeah, that's just, what he, he does. He just like throws he just throws it up and hopes it hopes his guy gets it and his guys on the other side of the field. Mm-hmm. So, Cowboys Giants. I got Cowboys and the Defensive Player of the Year this year and Mr. Mike Parsons. So before I say my pick, the Cowboys defense is nice. I'm not a Cowboys fan, 
but the Cowboys defense is nice. They have Gregory and Lawrence up front. I will say the best in probably the past two to three years, the best cornerback linebacker duo I've seen is Diggs and Parsons. I have never seen, I was watching the game and I'm like, how the hell Marco, Micah Parsons all the way in the secondary about to catch an interception that he's tipping around mm-hmm. with um, Diggs? There's no way. And those two, you can tell, beat off each other because they can read each other. If Parsons is about to go rush the quarterback, Diggs is able to know he can cheat on a route because more than likely Parsons is about to get there. So the ball is going to come out hot. And if it yep. does go to the main receiver, Luke is going to be there. And mm-hmm. shout out to Diggs because Diggs definitely put the straps on McLaurin. I know he got injured, but McLaurin was silent in that game. So I got the Cowboys. I can't ever choose the Giants. Eagles and football team. Uh, unfortunately, I'm going to go with the Eagles. Your boys. <laughs> so I'm going with the Eagles in this one because, one, I don't know what the football team's offense is going to do. Like, y'all let Heineke get too hurt out there. Kyle Allen is not the reason. Titan Steelers. Titans. I'm just not doing it, dude. I'm just, I'm, just I, 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 I went that direction. It, it won last in a row. week. They lost. Yeah, but I didn't pick them. Yeah, no. I picked against them, I think. Yeah, you so picked against I'm, them, and I'm, they won. Not, I mean, they lost. Yeah, so I'm going to do it again. Dude, it doesn't matter. Steelers suck. Like, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm over the Steelers, bro. I'm so over it. Like, ugh, it's so frustrating. But it's, you, know, what, you know what else sucks about the Steelers? Is that, like, Roethlisberger does good enough to win us enough games Mm-hmm. Where we don't have a a good draft a good draft pick in the first mm-hmm. round, and exactly. we always get in like that eighteen to twenty two range, we can miss the playoffs, but we still get you know that we we just miss the playoffs, so we get like that you know that eighteen to twenty two range, and we don't we never trade up. We traded up a couple of years ago to get Devin Bush, and that worked <laughs> out well. So we just like I just want them to tank. Just put Mason Rudolph in there and tank, and hey, get some first round work. picks like us. You'd be good. Yeah, you'd be good. Here's another shitty game. Texans, Jaguars. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Jags just because. They got no they Urban Meyer. There's no, there's no Urban Liar there anymore. And he wanted, before we keep going, he wanted to get out of there. I've never seen somebody oh my do God, so yeah. much to Bro, get out of a situation. They, that was just a complete failure from the, moment he got hired there was not a single person on this entire planet that that thought to themselves you know what this is gonna work out <laughs> no there's not a single fucking person that thought urban meyer was gonna be able to do for jacksonville what he did for utah what he did for florida what he did at florida state i mean uh, ohio state there was no way no way urban myers is not meant to coach grown men and the wild part about that is, so I have the Jaguars in this one because I say free James Robinson. The offense will flourish more now because it seemed like Urban Meyer was trying to hold some people back. Um, but in terms of the contract situation, they didn't want to let him go because you still got to pay him the money. So now you're paying him yep. all this money and he's yep. not even going to be there. Yep. So the next game, Bengals Broncos. Yo, Teddy Two Gloves looking good. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, I'm going to go with the Bungles. Where's that at, by the way? Denver. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Bengals. So I'm going with Teddy Two Gloves. I'm telling I don't know what it is right now, but the Broncos are in the wild card fight right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. 
Hey, uh, next goes, one. That's, that's your boy. Yeah, Falcons 49ers. Uh, Niners. So all I'm going to say with this one is bad defense versus very good running game and an extremely good George Kittle. Need you say any more? Yep. Um, the next game, before I tell Steven to end up choosing his pick, so it's the Seahawks versus the Rams. But I just want to give some stats out there for everybody. Cooper Cup has 1,489 receiving yards. And just for simple math, um, Matthew Stafford has thrown for completed passes of 3,898 yards. That equates out to 38% of Matthew Stafford's passing yards have gone to Cooper Cup, which is one out of every three passes has gone to Cooper Cup. And in terms of targets, Matthew Stafford has thrown the ball 468 times and Cooper Cup has 151 targets, which means 32% of the time he is targeting Cooper Cup. If you can't tell, that's his favorite receiver. Like Odell Beckham is starting to do well. I feel bad for Robert Woods because if Odell Beckham keeps this up, they might move Odell Beckham to that number two receiver going forward. And then Robert Woods and Van Jefferson got a fight over like three, four, five. Although pay attention, Robert Woods wasn't necessarily as happy in that position even before he got injured. But who you got? Seahawks, Rams. Uh, I'm going to go with the Rams. Also, speaking of Stafford, I don't know. Uh, I think I texted you after his second touchdown pass. Um, that was nice. Bro, the two pass, the two touchdown passes that he threw, the deep ball to uh, Van Jefferson, Jefferson yeah. and then the touchdown, the other touchdown pass he threw to was it Cooper Cup? Mm-hmm. Yeah, bro, those are two of the nicest passes I have ever seen. And I wasn't like I, I was trying not to be a person of the moment. It's not like I went and YouTube the best passes of all time in, in NFL <laughs> history, which I maybe I did, maybe I didn't, but <laughs> but bro, he. The, the, the deep ball, he was rolling out to his opposite side, squared up, and launched that shit. And he was at the hashes, and that he got that pass at the in the end zone at, like, mid like in, in the middle of the field, in the middle of the end zone. Like, that is like that is, is unbelievably hard to do. Like, there's probably not many quarterbacks in the NFL, professional guys who get paid to do this shit, who can throw a ball like that. Just, like, you got the guys coming at you, got the defender coming at you, squares up launches it the second touchdown pass he threw to cooper cup in the end zone they're like if he throws it a, a centimeter here yeah like the other direction top you know low, higher or lower it's an incomplete pass or it's dropped he threw that and it, like you know some people were like oh he just got lucky and just like try to fit it in there no he didn't try like he knew where he had to throw it and he did it and he's like i gotta throw it right there to only where my guy can get it and god damn it bro like <laughs> i had to watch that a couple of times and he threw that shit right where you like you couldn't play better defense mm-hmm. than, than what the cornerback was playing and he fit that shit right in there so shout out to matthew stafford for throwing two of the best passes i've ever seen and i'm going with the rams so i have the rams in this one cooper cup starts to remind me of adam Thielen before justin jefferson was there so adam Thielen used to of course of course of course you went with the white guy of course you went with the white guy uh, no, you so I said you could have said you could you could have said any wide receiver in the entire National Football League. You went with the other white, the other only white white receiver in the league. Un Christian, unbelievable. This is no. a this so is, I have the stats to back it up, and I say that because in terms of teams that play with two to three wide receivers consistently, how Kirk Cousins used Adam Thielen in terms of targets and touchdowns 
is very similar to how Matthew Stafford right now is using Cooper Cup with targets to touchdowns. I could use Devontae Adams or Stephon Diggs, but then when I looked at the numbers, the targets that Adam Thielen had um, with Kirk Cousins at that time before Justin Jefferson matches up with Cooper Cup, because Adam Thielen has started to regress since Jefferson. Jefferson has been there, so pay attention. If you think next year you're going to choose Cooper Cup, if they keep Odell Beckham, numbers might be skewed a little bit because Odo Beckham can play a presence. I don't think Robert Woods is going to have an impact next year if he's even on the team um, because of all that they do have. The next one I want to bring up, I said the Rams, if I didn't say that. And I said it last week because I said they needed to win. That's really all the only reason I said, but Ravens Packers. Packers. With, with or without Lamar Jackson. It, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. So I have the Packers in this one. Reason being, the Ravens went from being at the top to now they're kind of just slowly dropping off too. So shout out to all the Ravens fans out there. But unless they get a receiver and they get uh, more running backs outside of Mark Andrews as their only pass catcher, y'all don't really have a chance right now. Um, So I have the Packers in that one. Saints Bucks, shout out Taysom Hill. He is balling like no tomorrow with interceptions. Bucks. So I have the Bucks in this one too. Um, final one, Bears Vikings. That's not Bears. a good Monday night football game. No, it's not. I'm going with the Bears though. I think they finally finally get a W. So I have the Vikings in this one just because I don't think they can stop Justin Jefferson. No other reason. And Dalvin Cook just be crazy whenever he wants to play. Um, so that's it. What you got for the people? Yo, shout out to you, man. You finally hey. finished school. After my guy, hundred years. Yeah, my guy finally did. That's why he's <laughs> sipping sip on that champagne. Big, uh, yeah. big shout out to you. Big shout out to you. I, uh, you've done. You know, you did it. Mom's so I remember when I first was starting. We were driving. I think we were going to Penn State or somewhere. When I first said it, I was like, "Damn, that was a long time ago when that happened." But yeah, I bought like ten bottles of wine today. And then I'll probably be drinking that going forward. I'll be doing a lot more with the podcast. So that was one thing I was going to say. A huge shout out to everybody that's been out there, like, supporting and dealing with everything that's been having to go through from everybody. You all know who you are. And then even on the show, like, Steven has had to work his schedule around because I'll be like, oh, I can't do this day. Oh, I can do this day. But so thank you to family, Sierra, everybody, friends, everything like that. We got it going forward. Another thing I got to say, shout out to the uh, government officials in Zimbabwe for always saying Bitcoin's not going to make it. Because quite frankly, I had some people in other places and how I got all this Zimbabwe dollars. There ain't no way your money is worth anything when we got, what is this one right here? This says $1 billion. Oh, shit, bro. Nice. <laughs> My guys got $1 billion in Zimbabwe dollars. Let's go, bro. Let's go. What does this one say? $5 billion. Oh, shit, man. <laughs> Dang. So it's quite equal, I have, quite equal to like 25 cents American dollars. Exactly. And the wildest one, before I let everyone go, $10 trillion. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, my man finished school and gets $10 trillion in Zimbabwe dollars. Let's go. So the other one I want to shout out is I got a shout out to the Boulevard. So if you know, the Venezuelan dollars is some of the most shittiest dollars in the world, but I have dos mil dólares in Venezuelan Boulevard. So any of y'all think that this money is worth anything, you're wrong, because it's not. (laughs) Um, The other thing I want to say is, shout out to everyone out there in the cryptocurrency space that's continuing to hold it down and do things. Pay attention to Ring Financial, that's the only time I say it. 
but I'm looking forward to everything going forward. Steve and I have a lot planned come next year. We have a lot planned for December in terms of talking about the bowl games coming up in terms of diving deeper. I can go into different cryptocurrency things. We will be doing a lot more threads. We will be doing a lot on Twitter. So you will see the numbers on the We Got Next channel go up. Pay attention to giveaways and stuff too. Other than that, Steve and I think we out of here. So Christian, Steven, We Got Next, we out. Peace.